afternoon, friends. Um, welcome back to On the Street, the LISD DEI podcast. This is episode number two, and I am honored to be here as we observe Native American Heritage Month with Tracy Edwards, one of our great educators here in Leander ISD, currently an ICAP teacher here at Aiken Elementary School. So, Tracy, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, we're honored to have you. Look forward to just a really good conversation. Want to learn some things about you growing up as a Native person, some of the things that you've um, been able to share with your family, and then we can share some of those things with our district. Okay. All in the spirit of increasing cultural competency. Love it. All right. So I have a couple questions, and the questions I want to use more as prompts and less as guardrails. So please feel free to chime in and share anything that you like to share in addition to what I'm asking, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, so our first question is, please tell us about yourself and about your journey to this point in life. Okay, well, as we said, I'm Tracy Edwards. Uh, I'm a wife, a mom, I'm a grandma, and I am also a special education teacher. I teach ICAP here at Aiken Elementary. Mm -hmm. um, I've been with the district seven years, a little over seven years now, and I've worked the entire time in the low incidence disability. So I've taught ICAP, I've taught SLE, and I've also been an instructional coach as well, or excuse me, instructional aide as well. And uh, I've, it's a very rewarding job. I, I wouldn't probably do anything else. I love it. Um, before that, I moved here from Kansas, um, where I was really a, a resource instructional assistant while I was getting my degree because this is actually my second profession. Yes, we were talking before, you were actually in baking for a while. Yes, yes, I, uh, I started out very young and I worked my way up to an assistant vice president to a local bank that I, where I'm from, all on a high school diploma. So I had a lot to work to do once we uh, once I decided to change jobs so <laughs> well we are very fortunate to have you here and I know your students are benefiting daily from having you as their as their teacher so question number two can you tell us what it was like growing up as a Native American were there any challenges and if so how did you address those challenges yeah absolutely well first of all I will tell you that I'm um, Iowa Oto and Cherokee uh, I come from more than one tribe because uh, my family are, are almost all anyway attended a Indian residential boarding school. So, it's just amazing to me that we're so close to that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that don't know what that is, um, in the late 1800s, uh, it started more as a mission like with religious sectors, but then became law where they would remove children, Indian, Native American children, from their homes and their uh, families, move them to a boarding school far away, and they lived there. Um, and many tribes all together. So, and what brings my family together is they've all met there. So, yeah, so um, that was them. Myself, I'm actually uh, grew up, really I have fond memories of my childhood. You know, a big part of my ancestry is, you know, we're big storytellers. You know, we love to, to talk about, you know, what happened in the past. We love folk tales and things like that. And I, I grow fondly on the memories I have of, of even my dad to this day. But 
my grandparents and my great-grandparents sharing stories from their time in school or before that, their little folk tales and funny little things. Um, that, that's something that I hold really near and dear to my heart. And I've now since, of course, passed it on to my kids and, and to my grandkids when they're a little older, because I do have little ones. But uh, So you pass the stories on and also parts of the culture as well. Yes. And I love the fact that you know, you're passing on, obviously there, and I don't presume to speak for you, there were challenges, but you're passing on also that there was so much good about, you know, your childhood and about learning about who you were. And I think that's important for all students. Yeah, I was really lucky um, where I'm from in Kansas. We had a, a really great um, intertribal community that uh, even to this day still create opportunities to share and learn from each other. You know, shawl making, beadworking, drumming, and my absolute favorite, powwow, going to powwow. Why is that your favorite? Um, it, it It is such an incredible experience if you've never gone before. Well, there's one this weekend, actually. Oh, really? Yes, uh, down in Travis County. It's the 30th annual Austin area wow. uh, powwow. But um, it is, it's a gathering, and it's usually very intertribal because we're all kind of mixed together at this point. And it's, it's a lot of things. It's honoring. It's presentation. It's different. Um, just a, it's a lot of different dancing. Uh, I myself uh, grew up as a traditional cloth dancer. It's a there are all kinds of different styles of dance, and then that comes with different styles of regalia. Mm-hmm. We don't call it costume; we call it regalia. And uh, it's it's such an incredible experience to be a part of. You know, the drum. There's more than one drum, oftentimes with different beats and different songs. And it's it's a great experience to be a part of. So there. And so, and what kind of dancer did you grow up? I, I grew up as a, a traditional cloth. It's a it's more of a, a slow dance. Your movements are very calculated. You move with a certain beat of the drum. You stop with a certain beat of the drum, and that's the very precise. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. And so, and we were talking before we we started our time here today. Please explain the shoes that you're wearing. Well, I am wearing my um, a pair of moccasins. Mm-hmm. My son made these when he was about 16. Uh, the It is Rock Your Mox Week. That's something that uh, a lot of us do in, in the Native American community. We, uh, we, we represent our, our culture by expressing it through things like that. Um, my son is very creative. I don't know how, <laughs> but uh, he made these handmade, embossed them, and everything. And I, I, I they're just my favorite, and I love them. Um, it's something that I wanted to make sure as my kids were getting older that they were learning, and be, being able to share those opportunities of creating things within our culture. It's very important. You know, he's he's gone on and made plenty more. Um, because of the power this weekend, I've made um, what we call ribbon shirts for my grandsons. And then I made one for my oldest son too, so they can all match. But <laughs> I love that. And so I wanted to double back and just talk a little bit more about the, the, um, the schools that your family attended. So part of the, the rationale behind these schools was to separate the Native children, not only physically, but also culturally and the fact that your family held on to its culture and its history I think is something that is remarkable in the face of all that and something like you just talk a little bit more about about what the some of the things that you learned 
and why that was so important to you coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the um, the generations in my family, like I said, it, we go back pretty far as far as being able to to a, attended these schools and. Because the picture you share with us goes back to like 1921-22. Yes. That's your grandfather, right? Yes. And then it's uh, the, the school that my, my family all went to is Shalako Indian School. That's what it's called. And it is in Newkirk, Oklahoma. It's just right off the border of Kansas and Oklahoma. And from the there are people in the family that were not very friendly on talking about things and then there were some that didn't it didn't mind at all and you know i, I learned a lot from my grandmother yes. i learned how to cook from her and how to make fry bread from her and then my dad as well and uh and i learned to dance and and be you know present in my culture really because of her she 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 made me feel like i shouldn't be ashamed or worry about you know any of those preconceived notions that some generations had already felt and, and I think that's important. I know I think about um, as an African-American, there were times when, you know, we were reticent to talk about our journey and our history in this country because there was a lot of stigma and shame attached to it. But there's a certain liberation that comes not only for the group, but for the individual, the more you know about your culture. Because when I see you, there's like this confidence and this aura of I know who I am. I know where I come from, and because of that, I know my place here, and my place is the place that I decide for it to be. No one, because when I when I saw you this this afternoon, I could tell you're that person that the knowledge of self that you have is almost something that people it, it's almost infectious. And so I'm so I'm so glad that you're sharing this I, with us today. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, it, it comes across very well. Thank you. And, I, and that's what I want for all students, right? I mean, I want all of us to know that who we are, we should be proud of, because if we can't be proud of who we are, then how can we stand up for someone else? And so... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I do every day, especially mm-hmm. as a special education teacher. I'm Definitely. I'm advocating for all of their opportunities, but I'm also advocating for them to be as independent as possible and, and create and take on those challenges with yes. as minimal, um, you know, insertion of myself or anyone else. So that, that's the, and that's, that's the reality is one day we may not be here for them to do that. So I want them to learn it now. I love that because I talk a lot um, about transfer of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. We want our students, we want to transfer the ownership of their success to them. And I love what you just said, because we, we're not always going to be there. And that's why I want to give students everything that we have. So then when we're not there, they can keep moving. And so that's why the work that you're doing as a teacher and keeping the culture and the history alive of the people that you come from is so important, not only to me, but I'm sure anyone who's listening, because we all can identify with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so we're we're very lucky to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. And one of the things we were talking about too, which um, you, we were talking about the the reservation, not the reservation schools, but the schools that your your family went to. The irony of you being a native person, me being an African American, and the ninth and tenth cavalry, the Buffalo Soldiers. <laughs> being used to remove Native people from their lands right after the Civil War. That is something that, as a historian, I'm always just, 
it causes me to pause, you know, and I understand they were soldiers and, and, and I get that, but the irony between one marginalized group being used to remove another marginalized group is a part of our history that I think all of us should learn from. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. You know, the, um, the thought of the, uh, well, here's the thing, you know, the, it's a bad saying, but it is a reality. Yeah. It was, you know, save the man, kill the Indian. That was what was what was said. Right. You know, to to remove a person physically from their homeland and put them in a place where they're unaware of how to survive yes. and become reliant on whoever it is that brought them there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's truly uh, it, it's hard it's hard to hear. You know, as an American, as right. someone who, you know, I'm married to a veteran myself and, but, you know, it really did happen. You know, we can learn from it. That's it. That's the key. And we can, we can make sure that it doesn't happen again. And we do that by keeping our history alive. Yeah. And, and I'm a, and the last thing I'll say about that is I'm a big proponent of keeping history alive because history should not be weaponized, nor should it be sanitized. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Because if we sanitize it, we lose perspective. And if we weaponize it, we lose the narrative because people, they resist. So it's all about just telling the story. Yes, yeah, so, so true. And so I want to move on to our next question. As an indigenous person, what do you see as some of the critical issues facing Native Americans today? If you could especially focus on education and youth, that would be terrific. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that has probably been, as it has been an issue for 100 to 150 years now, and it is the loss of culture. Mm. And you know, we've kind of touched on that a little bit already, but you know, through assimilation and through the 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 challenges that have happened over the years, you know, there have been so many laws stacked against Native Americans to create these divides within the culture that it's still occurring, to be honest with you. People lose themselves because they're not aware of the culture that they could be a part of. I completely agree. You know, I I get this a lot. If somebody will find out I'm I'm Native American, oh, I think my I think I'm a Native American. I think I'm yeah. my grandma was and yes. you know, and right there that, that says a lot. You know, obviously I'm glad that you're you're interested in that it's piqued, you know, a conversation, but what what tribe do you believe you belong to? If it is something that happened, let's go deeper. Let's yes. find out what it is. Because in that sense, you've it's not really served you in in making you a better person because you've not known what what could be in store for you culturally. That's that's phenomenal. It is true. I mean, I think I think we have to all know who we are and where we come from in order to determine where we need to go. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's so true. Um, when I was teaching African-American history, that was probably the most cathartic experience that I had because I learned so much about me and about the contributions of African-Americans that it gave me a sense of self and confidence that I'm okay being the only one in the room if it comes down to that because I know based on the history, other people who look like me have already been there. And so I don't feel this need to demonstrate anything other than who I am in that moment. 
That's wonderful. And, and to me, that's the beauty of understanding culture and history and knowing who you are. Yeah. You yourself are a reflection of the resistance that may have needed to occur prior you just being here. Uh, that is that is wonderful. It is the someone someone says something to me, Tracy. They called it honorable resistance. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> and and so because of that resistance, you're right. I have the opportunity to be in this space, and then I honor that by making sure that I teach those who are coming after me what it means and the culture and the history to be an African American. So much so. And it's not that. There's one way to be, but I think that culture and that history can open up ways of deeper understanding for the individual. Definitely. Gosh, yeah. All right. So moving on, and thank you so much. I'm, I mean, I, I love your last answer. In your opinion, why is it important to observe Native American Heritage Month? And what are the lessons we all could heed from this observance? This is a good question. <laughs> In my opinion, It is important for all of us to celebrate Native American Heritage Month for for two reasons. Mm -hmm. The first one being, it's definitely something I've grown to realize since moving to Texas, and I don't know if it's just this is a big space, um, that there's definitely a need for awareness that we are still here. Mm -hmm. I can tell you there's been quite a few times that it's been a surprising factor for someone to know that there are Native Americans in their communities. You know, it's it's important for people to know that not only, you know, not only are there thriving and flourishing yes. communities of Native Americans in reservations and encampments in rural communities, but also in your urban areas like to like here where we are. You know, I, I mentioned a little bit there's there's a big powwow mm-hmm. this weekend. It's the 30th anniversary of this powwow in the Austin area. So it just goes to show you that there's still very much a lot and it's 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 packed it's always packed so i have no doubt <laughs> yeah but the second reason it's always important for us all too is because there's there's definitely in my opinion a need for accurate history for native americans yes and I, we we all understand that there is pre-colonial pre-settler native americans you know we we teach it in in here and we where we stand today, it was the Tonkawa, where, and then it was Humanos. Mm-hmm. But what about between that time and to today? There's so much that has occurred, so many laws that have been made and killed and, and revamped to either help or hinder the Native American communities. There's been so much. As I mentioned, my, my family going to boarding school, you know, this is a boarding school that even in the, the 60s was still alive and active you know and my my dad spoke of after he graduated he worked there and even in the 60s there were students that were coming there from um, Alaska so and this was in Oklahoma you know that's something that I don't think anybody really realizes or understands no. you know and right now there's a, a pretty important blockbuster movie out about yeah. the Osage murders yes. a place where first of all my parents met but, oh, wow. <laughs> but um, you know one thing to tie it into Texas, Texas Rangers were a part of bringing that down and then ultimately forming the FBI. These are mm-hmm. things that are a part of our history because yeah. it's American history, but That's it, it kind of get skips over because it's mm-hmm. not as um, 
maybe uh, I don't know exciting or or um, not as a reflection of of good. So those were definitely, I think, in my opinion, why we all need to celebrate. I completely agree. I think that you know, knowing the more we can learn about history uh, of all people, the more we find the connective tissue between them. Sure. That will definitely. So that's why I'm, you're, you're speaking my language as a historian. <laughs> so, so our final question, <clears throat> who did you admire the most when you were growing up and why this person? Well, I actually admired both of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, my dad is a, a retired police officer for 40 years. He was in law enforcement. Wow. And he's a, he's a big guy. And, uh, has the the stoic uh what we call native american face just uh people he commanded respect i'm sure he didn't need to do a whole lot because it just came about him and and i feel like maybe i i just want a little slither that <laughs> he's you know to me he's a big teddy bear to my sister and i he's a big teddy bear i got whatever i wanted but <laughs> to everyone else he was he was real real serious it, but I also really admire my mother. You know, my mother uh, was also in the, she's in the private sector before she retired, but she was a 911 dispatcher and, oh. and then moved into running several different 911 communities. And that's a, that's a realm where back then it was heavily male dominated. And my mother, she, she, she flourished, she thrived. And, and to this day, as a retired person, she's still called upon, consulted with yes. when it comes to public safety because of who she is and where she comes from. So I, I, I owe who I am to them, and uh, I appreciate all the lessons they both gave me. Definite trailblazers, both of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Tracy, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I mean, it has just been an absolute treasure to visit with you today. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you talking to me. You know, it is something that, you know, obviously this is an important piece to me. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I try to live in my culture every day. I don't, maybe don't wear moccasins every day, but I, I do try and make sure that, you know, my number one goal is that my kids and my grandkids will carry on the things that I've learned and I can teach them. And that's a wonderful way to close it out. You're just pa passing it on to the next generation, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our second guest on our second ever podcast. I appreciate that. Thank you. Tracy. <laughs>